Um, I don't know what I can hear, but it's not. It's very minimal. Put it that way. Okay. Cool. So we're live. Good morning, world. If good you're morning. in Australia. Good yeah, evening. Good morning. If you're somewhere else. Hello, world. And we're on. This is episode twenty-one. Welcome. So 20, I'm at 20, it's our 21st birthday. It is. Of the show. I'm, I'm like curious, like we're in the 21st century, Nick, and we have such amazing capabilities, but just to have like a good internet connection between the two of us seems to be such a difficult thing. Like there's all these affluent suburbs here in Melbourne and so many of them actually struggle to get a good internet connection. And I'm wondering what the heck is going on because I know we have the capabilities to do it. And um, I guess this impairs our um, our connection sometimes. So I'm thinking maybe we just need to build a studio together, buy a, an office space from Amazon for $19,990, stick it in someone's backyard and uh, set up a Lee and Nick's studio and do it remotely so that we can have a clean connection. Yeah, if anyone's out there wants to give us their backyard to shove our Amazon uh, container into <laughs> Um, please, uh, what's the email again? Gmail.com. If you have a free yeah, backyard, and then we'll figure out how to crowdfund a $20,000 shed so we can uh, build the studio. We only need to use it once a week. Yeah. So you can it's use easy. it. easy. Yeah, there you go. What is, what is the, what kind of world are we in now, Nick, where we we can buy a shed for 20 grand? It's like a, more like a demountable building. It's a really nice looking office. And I guess what they do is they get a crane wow. and they put it into your backyard. And you've got yeah. this like demountable, modern-looking office, like a tiny home. It has to be modern-looking. That's the most important thing. Like, I don't want one that looks like dog shit. You know, if it was just like a normal container, I couldn't look in that. Like, it would be, it'll be shameful to like uh, tell my friends I live in a container. But as long as you put some <laughs> fancy-looking shit in there, all of a sudden, like, it's acceptable to live in a container, right? Has to be aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, right. We're we're all about we're all about image and what's on the surface here at the Lee and Nick uh, show. We like appearances, but we also like depth and quality as well. Yeah, keeping it, keeping up keeping up with the Joneses. Well, it feels but, like the, the new normal, which is like a popular saying in our yeah our culture. The new the normal. Norm- what what are words that have really like come up a lot this this year? I guess. It's like new normal is one of them. Vaccine is a popular word. That's like, a popular word for a lot of people. Yeah, like I feel like the word vaccine carries a lot of different weight than it did, like say last year. Um, it carries polarity. Yeah. What's an- another one that comes up is uh, shit. Uh, I'm tr- it, 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 it's escaping me now. Um, unprecedented. Unprecedented times. Unprecedented, yes. yeah. Yeah, this is unprecedented times. I've heard that. I've said that a few times, let alone heard that number of Stay times. Stay safe, keep safe. I've caught myself saying that a couple of times to like Uber drivers as I'm like leaving. It's just like, geez. So we're also in a world now where, you know, when if I used to want to get a cab to the city from the suburbs, it used to cost me $70, which would be the equivalent of about three hours worth of work after tax for standard retail labor. Now, now Ubers are retail like labor. What other labor is there, Lee? Um, there's factory, there's space missions. You know, people who oh, go yeah. on space missions aren't really selling any, they're selling you an idea of going into space. Mm. But anyway, um, I don't want to interrupt you. No, no, but um, that's okay. 
I, I'm now it's the point where the cost is so competitive with Uber, especially if you have um, people that you're sharing the ride with, you can split the fare now, it costs 80 cents or something like that. And it's really uh, brought fuel, especially because I'm in Melbourne where the public transport is quite accessible, where you realize if you have to pay registration, insurance, pay for the vehicle itself and the fuel on top of that, do I get a car or do I just, you know, uh, if you want to go to a different pocket of town, sometimes it's a bit inconvenient to take part yeah, of town. It almost seems like it's a up. win if you can have a job that doesn't have, like, that doesn't require a car, right? Because, like, so much of your pay paycheck just goes to, like, um, maintaining the car and, like, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's just, like, once you, once you like, uh, cut off that, it's just, like, Anyway, I feel like where the conversation is heading, for whatever reason, is this word called wage slave. Wage slave. What is that? What is that? And what, what emotions does that bring that out when, when I say those two words? When I say the word wage and I put it together next to slave, what does that like bring out any emotions to you? Like, What does it make you feel or think? Well, I, th I feel it's all about intention, like uh, where you're going with your life and uh, I was talking about this this morning. Um, I, uh, I, when I have money, it goes towards my art life. I call it to make my art, and I don't really focus on can I get more money? Can I get more money? And like that's not my end goal. My end goal is to do my art, and the amount of money I need to do that is really like what's important to me. And then doing the art. Whereas I feel a lot of us. Um, maybe from the baby boomers, we inherited values of security. So it's like, okay, I'll get a job so I can get a house. Okay, I'll get a house and I can get a wife. Okay, I'll get a wife and I can get kids. Okay, so I can get a Rottweiler, so I can get a Range Rover. Once you've got all those things, you know, if you have a, a job in the upper echelon or even the middle class, you know, you've been able to afford all those things for a long time. A bit different for our generation. It's a bit harder to afford a house now. But when you get all those things, it's like, now what? And, um, and we've, I feel like we've been kind of sold down a river to like promote the economy because there isn't really any um what, what are you talking what's the economy dude that when you just say stuff like that i'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit but yeah. like uh, a yeah, lot yeah, of the yeah, things yeah. you're saying that's, here that's like the, you're just that, like saying these that could words have been a bullet that i was firing there that could have been a blank i was firing <laughs> there, using the word like the economy using a blanket term i was firing a blank um but well, the, the point is, I think we've been chasing this very superficial thing, but what you can realize when you get all those things, it's almost like this idea that if you get all those things, you're going to be happy. And, and I feel what a lot of our generation, which is why all these marriages are falling apart, is that like... Realize, all these marriages, man, oh, they're just falling apart. Like we're not happy. <laughs> oh, God, what do we do now then? Um, the marriages are falling apart. Oh, God. Well, I'm realizing it's a relationship with yourself. And what, what did those people have to so, do to get those things is what I'm telling you. And at what cost did well, they have? First of all, there's so many things I want to pick apart of the thing you said there. One thing about the, the baby boomers, I mean, they are like, they're just to blame for everything. And we should probably start, um, consider uh, nah, some sure. sort of public hangings for boomers. Just like once a week, nah, we just publicly okay. hang a boomer. Not that or like a witch burning type ceremony. Yeah, you know? pretty all right. <laughs> they had their own problems. We have our own problems. You know? <laughs> Um, and the other thing that came to mind, um, shit, a lot of shit, like there's so much shit to talk about. Hey, um, was, uh, you're talking about, uh, shit. Can you remind me of all the stuff you just, you just said like a lot of stuff and I, I was just, oh, like, I, I fired a blank at your forehead <laughs> talking about the economy. I remember that. And <laughs> 
<laughs> the economy. Um, you, I remember you said boomers. Um, what are you doing it for? What are you doing it for? What are you getting the Range Rover, the Rottweiler, the kids, the wife, the house for? Oh, marriage. Yes, that's thank marriage. you for reminding me. Right. Um, I don't know if I've had this rant before, but I've kind of said like for me, like uh, I've been to a couple of weddings, and I haven't been to a wedding this year, but um, in the previous years I went to a couple of weddings. And, like, to me, they kind of felt like school assemblies. That's the best way I can, like, uh, describe it. Everything's very, like, uh, yeah, it's kind of, like, formal, and it follows, like, a procedure. Like, uh, for me, I don't know, I, I, like, the thing that, like, uh, I've, I've been to some weddings at churches, and, like, I don't know, there was, some, like, and then I've been to some weddings where it's like they're almost this new modern wedding thing where like instead of like a priest, I don't know, telling us something about like uh, why, I don't know, people get married and stuff and it's sort of spiritual and it's like, you know, uh, um, it's just turned into like a thing where like, I don't know, the I forget, there's like a name for the person now that does the position in Australia, like they're called a celebrant. And they, they're, like, uh, inbound by, from the law, from the holy government. They have the right to uh, unite two people in holy uh, matrimony or whatever they call it, right? I don't even know what that word means. It's just, like, a, a thing. And um, usually they'll say a couple of jokes about the couple or something, and it's just like, you're married now. And then, um, yeah, you go into, like, a, a venue. You, you eat some food. You drink something. And like, you know, you have a dance and it's all good. But like, I, I don't know if it's formality. me being old fashioned or something, but like, uh, I, my thing's telling me my microphone's noisy as well. I, I, I don't know. There's something for me that's like spiritually lacking. And maybe that's like, maybe that's an overarching theme for like a lot of things I feel like is just like spiritually lacking. And maybe I'm just like a conservative right wing crazo christian whatever the hell like I, i'm like um like put me in the head of the, the christian you know, party, and i'm just gonna be like christianity solves all our problems people these people like i don't even i've never read the bible but i'm just i'm just i'm just pointing to that okay um what do you think's missing i don't what? know just something i don't know it, it's like i feel like uh we've We've, I feel like for me, it's like uh, removing, removing like the whole like religious aspect to weddings and all like uh, to that whole because it's like the whole idea was right, and that's why it's so like I'm not an expert, but um, anyway, like it's so dumb to like say whenever you're talking like why do we have to do that? Why do we like why? Why is there a disclaimer? Why do I always have to yes? <laughs> Like that's something that that's I guess that's my tick, right? Um, and that probably says something about me. Um, and I guess the point I'm trying to make is is um, I think like when weddings they're kind of like this religious thing, right? It's supposed to mean like two spirits are uniting, sort of thing. And the whole point of it is to like uh, it's for children, right? It's to protect the children. These two people. The whole point of weddings is to have children. And then, like, the, the sanctity of the marriage is there. You're going, like, in front of a bunch of people and you're saying, look, we're committing to each other. 
Um, we want to have kids. Um, and if, 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 if things get tough between me and this person that I'm getting married to, like you're the people here I've invited, you're, you're meant to help me like get through the tough time. You, you know, I hope you will. So come enjoy a feast and like, let's celebrate that we want to bring new life into this world. And, um, and like, you know, this, you know, we're celebrating that. Yeah. If you, get my point, if you get where I'm sort of going with it, I, right? I do. There's like yeah. this communion, common union between like both sets of family and all the friends between them. Um, and I've definitely been to weddings recently as well, where like it feels like it's a bit of a vanity fair and like there isn't a full union between everyone at the event. And it's, it's more just like uh, a box ticking ceremony to say we're married, like you all witnessed it. Cool. And, and maybe there isn't that sense of communion there where you can like really feel like the love and the joy. No doubt there's love there if, if it brought these two people together, but yeah. um, there's like a spirit and a, a connection between everyone. And um, I feel like, you know, in, in some areas in our society is so polarized and it stops us. There's, there's the space between me and you and that's all that's separating us. But you know, sometimes it does separate us from each other. And it's like, I can't help but feel that these unprecedented times are an opportunity to really bridge that gap and really find that common union as a collective together. Like all these things like racism are coming up and there's all this, but they're all, they're all just words, aren't they? they are, but don't, I, I wouldn't see it as a bad thing. All this tension has been underlying our culture for so long our culture has been built on this tension in a lot of ways so it's almost like that is because if we were ever going to advance as a species we were going to have to address this attention this tension at some point and and move forward with it and i feel that that's what's happening right now and that we can build a better culture a culture that's more refined and a culture that's like more interconnected uh there's there's more of that commonality that common union between us all um and this is this is how I see the future for humanity. This is what I see us moving into. I don't see all this chaos that's happening right now as a bad thing. I don't think it's that black and white. I think it's happening for a reason. Let's allow it to come up so we can deal with it, so we can integrate these changes that we're all going through. And as we integrate those changes, we actually have more in common because we can kind of, you know, most people can agree that, wow, 2020, what a year, you know, and that actually breeds commonality. So it means when you meet that person in the street, you know, there is that sense of like affability between the two of you, that sense of connection, the sense that you can bridge the space in between yourselves to like connect. And and that's what I think I've we've been I, living I in our own. I kind of connect with anyone, Lee. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be brutally honest, I kind of like, I'm kind of like at the point where, like, I don't know, this is me, I guess, again, playing devil's advocate uh, with you. I kind of feel like uh, um, it's like, I, I'm kind of, I don't have, I, I don't know, like you're, you're, you're advising something like uh, virtuous, but to me it kind of feels like um, what, almost like what's the point? I'm, I have like a, like it's nihilism. Like nihilism, yeah, right? I, yeah, and it could be the, the lens that you view the world through because when you absorb as much information as you do like through memes and through the media, it can paint a pretty despairing because there's there's always apartheid in those messages. Like there's always separation. 
Um, whereas I'm looking at like the worst of the worst of people. Uh, I love this idea in the Kabbalah that there's no actual evil in the world. It's all like us and we're like one consciousness. And like, for instance, something like greed, which is an, a human emotion I have empathy for, because if you're taught that there's scarcity, you cling on to what you have and you don't share and that hurts the people around you. And I've been in positions in yeah, life right. where I've done that before. And, and so what these people at the top, if you want to put it like that, are doing is they're holding on to all this money because they're greedy. And, and yeah, instead of going, you're dude, a bad asshole, I'm kind of going, you're actually suffering. And you know what I think you. the biggest word is of 2020? <laughs> what? Because like, this is kind of like the theme and um, that we've been sort of picking apart of just like words in review or whatever. The biggest word is they. Who the fuck are they? Who are they? And and that's the whole thing with the conspiracy mindset. And the conspiracy mindset is just that. It's a mindset. It's a blanket perception of reality that you project. So there's always a they, and the they is always evolving. And it's like you're trying to catch, you know, the donkey by its tail, and the donkey keeps running away, and you can never get it. Chasing the carrot, I think some people put it. Like you're just always trying to get it, and you can never get it because it's you, and you're fighting yourself the whole time. And these media sources can create this sense of tension. But do you know what they've shown in, in the news when people watch the news? Is, is it their adrenaline or their cortisol or something? It's like an addiction in, chemically that occurs. Um, we're addicted to the stress, the tension, and the fear. We get off on it. It's one of our most primal emotions. So it hits us right in the fear, socks us one, you know. Oh, yeah, that's and, and, shit. And it's, it's, it's freaking addictive oh, yeah. for, for people. People can get really addicted to it. And so you get your dopamine hit of news every, every morning. Um, and, and we've all got different media outlets and different media sources now, which is great because it means it promotes free information and anyone can have a voice. Even people who get censored on YouTube can just, you know, piss off somewhere else and, and say what they want to say. So, uh, but there's so many voices now. And we've gone from being a local community 200 years ago where we were just living around 200 people um well that's not entirely correct um depending on where you were but a lot of places even like 50 years ago like there's even like small towns in germany that are just like small towns you're doing in a country as advanced as germany they're just like a small town and the city life hasn't really permeated their culture they still have those like customary values so we've changed from a, a culture like that and uh, now we're like a global interconnected culture where you're connected to everyone. I've heard the term global village thrown around for a while now. People yeah. Are saying, like, the internet turns us into a global. So we've had to adapt to all that additional info, you know, and it's a, it's a step in evolution. And for me, a while ago, I realized like I, I was deep into the conspiracy headspace and I realized I'm so miserable. Like, I just want to die. Like, what's the point in being alive if everything's like so foregone and depressed. And then I think, I was finally ready to seek answers beyond that mindset and talk to people who weren't carrying that mindset, but still managed to carry optimism. And I was like, how is it that you have faith and love, you know, in spite of the fact that you're aware of all this? Isn't that things? like a religious thing though? Isn't that, that's what I'm saying. Isn't that what like, uh, like Jesus or whatever provides to you, like in a sense, like of, uh, people like I'm an imperfect being. I'm like, uh, I, 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 I'm full of sin, um, and, but if I accept God through Jesus, um, you know, I have like, a, like I can, you know, that's my path to try and be a better person. Well, it's one way to devote, you know, I, I devote through my art, through my work. And it's the same, it's the same practice as religion, devoting yourself to God, devoting yourself to something. 
And what, when you do that, uh, you purify a lot of your intention and therefore you purify a lot of your thoughts and therefore your actions follow suit. Whereas when you're open to the myriad of, of information in the world, um, you can be susceptible to absorbing all kinds of things. And I feel like that's what we're doing. We're opening our antennas up because we've evolved and there's access to so much information. And if we don't have a fixed intention or something to act as our compass, we get basically caught in the riff of all that bombardment of information that's going on. And it's, t it's taking could, a lot could of you, could, could, you, could I call that like the devil possibly? Well, the devil is within, as far as I'm concerned. Like, you're the devil, you're the angel, you're God, you're Satan, you're everyone. The idea everything. is that the devil, Lucifer, is a fallen angel. And, I, and these are just like stories and memes I hear about the Bible. I've never really sat down and read the Bible. Like, as far as I'm concerned, the, the way it's written for me is very hard for me to like. They should get Stephen King to do like a rewrite of the Bible. Ages. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting <laughs> point that you bring up. Hey, how like our language has changed, and like not to mention like all these other words. Yeah, that I kind of like introduced that I'm exposed through through memes like uh, wage slave. Do you know what a kuma is, Lee? No. That's a person who's like obsessed with porn, so they're they're a kuma because they're always like they're always coming. That, that's like Akuma. Yeah, Akuma. I'm cooming. Yeah, I'm cooming. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So that there's that that's like a whole new like you know like, new accurate as like these memes are introducing us into like a new like new way of language like you know, there might be like a new age Bible rewritten so like we can actually understand it maybe maybe we're not going to be able to like understand the bible in its original way that it's like written maybe like a hundred years from now like kind of like how shakespearean english english or whatever like the way it's written it's like you can read it but if you don't really study shakespeare you're, you're probably going to be like like what the fuck like i don't get it like why is this guy um considered one of the greatest of all time of hmm. writers it goes over my head a little bit the Shakespearean stuff, to be honest. Yeah, no, I never, I never really enjoyed it. Hey, I think I remember being exposed to it a couple of times um, at different points in my life, and it, it, I think it's. I'm sure it's great. Like, um, I, I'm sure it is great art. Um, but like, yeah, never. I never really like made a connection. I'm sure. Like, anyway, Romeo and Juliet, right? That that's a cool thing. What am I talking about? Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet story, right? That's like the original romance rom com or whatever sort of thing, right? And every like every romance story basically revolves around that sort of like plot in a sense afterwards. Yeah, well, I guess beauty's in the eye of the beholder, so it's like how you perceive the art you know and yeah i guess a lot of people are drawn into the tragedy and the romance of his work and he seemed to have a vast understanding of the interplay of those things um excuse me and it really comes to represent like a time um i guess it like reflects a lot of injustice as well within that culture and and there's like you know i often get into like aristocracy and the battles within uh struggling for power and those still reflect in our culture today. So you know? it always happens. The fire, the fire always. What do they say? It's like it's always burning, um, and it's been it's been burning since the world was turning or whatever. There's that song. It's like we didn't start the fire. Well, it's always been burning. 
I feel the stories, stories are so important. The stories we meditate on in the collective become the stories that we tell yeah. ourselves even about ourselves and who we are as a person and like our, our hero's journey. We were talking about hero's journey last week and it's like, do you think we have a personal hero's journey? I feel we all, we all have a reason for being here and a, and a journey to undergo and, um, it's whether you want to answer the call and some people say you can go off the path for a while and in the forest, but maybe that was your path, you know? I don't know but, how much time we've got, but like, I, I don't know if this is a good, hey? Seven minutes. Seven minutes. So I don't know, maybe we can gloss over this, but like, what about when it gets tough? So like, you, you, maybe that's something you know about, like making movies is like, I'm sure at the, at the start, it's exciting. Um, um, but at some point, like everything we do, it, it, it gets hard. Um, and um, how, how how do we like, I, I know seven minutes probably mm. isn't enough time to really dig into that, but maybe gloss over it. How, like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Is, enough. It, is that maybe like the test or like that we, we could call that the test or something? Like, Yeah, I, yeah. I feel um, in your heart, there's like a will that carries through you and this will attracts thoughts and what i've learned through this process is mental mastery when you're able no matter what to focus on that which you want that which your will is taking you towards and hold that vision amazing things in the in the reality around you change to accommodate so it's how you focus and how you focus is how you live your life and that's why Often people who do great things have a discipline. They, they have a running regime or they go to the gym or they do this or they do that or they're superstitious or they're sentimental and, and they enter a rhythm in their life where basically they're cultivating focus and that focus allows them to focus on that which they are manifesting. And as you hold that focus, it manifests in the quantum field, in the physical reality. So when it gets tough, there's always going to be obstacles and perceived obstructions that are going to say, there's people or things or stuff that will happen that will go. You can't do you can't do the thing you want, and um, and you can believe them and they can hurt you when you believe those things. But when you realize that everything's possible and that uh, reality is structured thought patterns, you're able to hold the thought, hold the vision that you're connected to through your heart and your will, and then it will manifest. And really, it's a case of holding the vision. And guiding your and guiding the energies that come through you, the life force that comes through you towards the actualization of that vision. And so, when you have that will and that faith, and it's strong, you can do anything, literally anything. And I feel that that is our hero's journey: is realizing that we are divine creators in this reality. That there's so much more to us than the physical world. That there is this will, this life force, this energy that is all of us, and it comes through us in many different ways and takes many different forms. And we know like in in like i could never tell anyone how they should live their life you know the, the other person has to i can see what could be beneficial for you but or, or someone else but you would have to like come to that decision yourself and lead yourself in that direction so it's like getting clear on what you want and getting clear on a vision that feels good to a person really helps and then you can start to generate the focus like and you practice holding that vision and and as you do that you start sending more energy more momentum towards that version of reality and then you start to gravitate towards it because there's only perceived obstacles beliefs and the word lie is encased in the word belief b-e and then 
L-I-E, lie, F, belief. There's a reason for that because beliefs are, they are structured thought patterns and they will create your reality if you believe in something. So oftentimes I feel reality is like an unraveling. You start to see what you're holding on to and how it's creating your reality. And then you can figure out how the hell it got there in the first place and you can let it go with love. If it's not serving you or you can continue to cultivate from that place. Um, but we really are powerful creatures. You know, that's what I'm learning from taking the path of devotion or the part of art, art life, if you want to call it, because you realize that no matter how lofty something is, if you're able to hold that vision, you will create it, anything. And um, <clears throat> often the most satisfying part of a process is the process itself, you know, rather than actual, actually completing it because you realize you can do anything. When you realize you can do anything, you realize you're divine and there's something within you that's pulling the strings, if you like. And when you connect to this and talk to this, you realize that you can do anything and that all the noise out here is, is that, is noise. And that what's really happening is the relationship with yourself. Yeah, that's... Uh, to me, the one question I have for you um, is at what point, like, and maybe this is related to the hero's journey sort of thing. So at some point we're going to end up like seeing an opportunity or something. And usually when you see an opportunity, it's kind of like a window, right? That you see uh, yourself uh, or like a particular vision of the future or something. And then you're going to like either choose to go down that path or even if you choose not to go down that path, you're still choosing to go down a path, right? And um, almost like whatever you choose, you're going to be tested, right? And it's like, uh, the test is like, I don't know, I'm more interested in that part of like the test, right? Like what, it, what is it exactly that I'm being tested of? Right. So you, you know, it's like, the idea is we're not entitled to anything just because you say you, you want something and you want to go to a, down a particular path doesn't mean that you should just get it. We all kind of like, we all, we all kind of um, get what we give, right? So it depends on like what you um, what you invest in going down that path. Um, mm. And when the time gets tough, and when you persevere um, and keep going, even though it feels like the odds are stacked against you, and like any normal person would say, "Hey, you probably should like turn around," but there's something inside of us that wants to keep going even though when it when it looks bad and maybe even all of your friends and stuff or might, might be saying hey lee maybe you know maybe you need to like reconsider and stuff but like you keep going against all odds for like some reason that is uh in some ways irrational right and then you might come out of the other end and you might achieve your goal you might find great success and then there'll be this thing that happens where people say oh he's lucky or crazy or weird or this or that. There's something, this is a good way to end because we've hit half an hour. There's something Carl Jung said, there are some things that you believe and there are some things you know. And with knowing, it goes beyond logic. There's something in, within you that just knows. And these things are inexplicable. And some people go, well, I want an explanation. And you kind of go, tough, you know. That's you, your mind. You want the mind candy because you want to be amused all the time. And then now you're expecting me to tap dance for you, which is totally fine if you have that expectation. But 
what is not fine is for me to start tap dancing for you. I don't have to do shit for you, you know, and you can say it with love, but it's like, I'm going to go my way. I'm doing my thing. Thank you. And, uh, and you follow that knowing within you. And like you say, like you're alluding to, sometimes you can appear slightly unorthodox to people. Um, but it's like that thing with truth, like first it's rejected. Um, well, there's three stages in there. First you're ignored. Second, you're like, rejected as crazy and then third it's blindly accepted as a truth or something like that it's a bit of a crude um metaphor if it is a metaphor um but it kind of sums up that you're you're crazy until you pull it off and then when you pull it off it's like accepted as uh status quo and i feel like this is what happens in a lot of cultural shifting moments is that you have to go you have to go from being new where no one knows how to take you and then bring that new frequency in and then it changes the culture inherently if you're able to hold the frequency enough so yeah when you know something it's a good feeling it's like the whole part of your inner system is humming and it's a amazing way to be because no one can take anything away from you you can only take away from yourself and everyone's a reflection of yourself so when you build this connection with yourself every day and ultimately i feel like you know, sometimes we might want to just draw in our bedroom all day and that might make us feel so satisfied. But then it's like, oh, but I need to make money. It's like, do you? Or did you just get told that? And that's an example of a belief. And then when you let go of that belief, you go, oh, I can draw all day. And then when you draw all day, you might go, oh, wow, like I'm actually needed in this place right now, like in society, like I might be needed to do these drawings. Maybe I'm attracted to doing these drawings for a reason. And maybe the fact that I followed my my gut and my instinct and my love and my passion means that I'm going to attract other people that are doing the same. And maybe I'm going to attract a bigger, more beautiful, brighter world because I do this. And we create our reality like that. And uh, we set the limits. And so like, this is a good way to end it. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day and you know the old saying, the sky's the limit? He looks at me, turns around, looks at me and goes, why does the sky have to be the limit? 